Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Well, we're very excited for you. You know, I was thinking about y'all and, and uh, the longevity of your marriage, and, and it reminded me of uh, this couple celebrating their 60th anniversary, and they're at this restaurant, and, and the waiter uh, got news of it after they announced it to him. And uh, the waiter said, just tell me, he said, tell me, I mean, he's a young guy, he's in his 20s, he said, just tell me the, the, the biggest secret. What's, what's the secret of your success and longevity? And the old man said, oh, that's easy, son. He said, uh, before we said I do, I told her, you're going to marry me. This is how it's going to be. I make all the major decisions, and you make all the minor ones. And that's how it's going to be. And the waiter said, Really? And that's worked well. He said, yeah, I've never made one major decision. <laughs> Is that about right, Larry? <laughs> Amen. Wow, what a great night we had with One Cause Family Christmas, huh? Oh, my goodness. I had such a great time. It's my favorite one yet. No doubt about it. A lot of great talent. And I want to thank all of you for, uh, for signing up, whoever that applies to. We had just a really special time together. Amen. I want you to turn to your neighbor. Just turn to somebody next to you and ask him, are you awake? Huh? All right. You might have to ask him again because they might not be. You might have to nudge him. Are you awake? Are you awake? Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. In verse 28, now it came to pass after eight days after these sayings that he took Peter John and James, and went up on the mountain to pray. Why'd they go up to the mountain? To pray. Verse 29, as he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered. As he prayed. Who's he? Oh, good. That's always a good answer in church. Just in case, when in doubt, Jesus. As he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered, and his robe became white and glistening. Can you imagine this? Verse 30, and behold, two men talked with him, who were Moses and Elijah. Wow, lo and behold, Jesus is transforming right there on the mountain as he prays, and then Moses and Elijah show up. Next, oh, who appeared in glory and spoke of his decease, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. 32, but Peter and those with him were heavy with sleep. Now, they went up there to pray. It says, and as he prayed, stuff starts happening. And lo and behold, what was going on with the disciples? They're asleep. We, we know another story. And this happened too, right? And it was, it was one of Jesus' most needy moments. in his suffering when they were in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he calls these three guys, Peter, James, and John. They're his top three disciples. Jesus had relationships on many levels. You know, he, he ministered to the multitudes, and the, but the Scripture teaches us he appeared to 500 after his resurrection. He, he sent out 70 at one time, and then he had his 12, and, and he had his three. Then he had John. John was his closest. John was the only one that was there when he was being crucified, everybody else ran off. But John wouldn't leave his friend. He wouldn't leave his Savior and his friend. But here they are, heavy with sleep. 
And when they were fully awake, say fully awake, they saw His glory. When did they see His glory? When they were fully awake. They didn't see it when they were sleeping. It was there. He was there in all of His glory. He's the Son of the living God. Moses and Elijah are there. And these guys are asleep in a moment like that. But when they woke up, they saw it. Come on, ask somebody, are you awake? Listen, there are things to see. There are things that are happening. There are encounters that are waiting for you. Jesus wants to reveal himself to you in so many splendid ways. Are you awake? Are you fully awake? Because when you're fully awake, that's when you're going to see his glory. And the two men who stood with him. Now, the next verse says, Then it happened as they were parting from him that Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Well, thank you, Johnny, come lately. We've been here a while while you were sleeping. It is good for us to be here. I love that, though. It is good for us to be here tonight. It's good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles. Don't let Moses and Elijah run off right now. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And then look what Luke writes, not knowing what he said. He said, Peter didn't know what he was talking about here. Now, this sounds awesome, doesn't it? Peter wants to do so. He realizes this is, this is a moment now. Matter of fact, this is such a moment, we should just stay here. We'll build three tabernacles, and we don't ever have to come down off this mountain. We can stay in this glory right here. Why not? Down there's reality. Off this mountain, there's trouble. But here, seeing Jesus in all of his glory, Lord, let's build temples here and let's just stay. Let's just, you know what I'm talking about? You ever been, you know, I'm, I love being in church and I love those church services where you don't want them to end. You ever been to that church service? I know you've been here like every service at One Cause Church. You never want it to end. You just never want it to end. You know, the power of God is, is so present in the room and and the spirit of the living God, his love is just thick and his glory is there. And, and you think, God, I just don't want this to end. It kind of reminds me when I was a teenager. I can remember the first time I held a girl's hand in a movie theater. Unfortunately, it wasn't Heather. Unfortunate for her. Um, just, I'm only saying that because she's not here. By the way, she will be coming. Uh, oh, she's here. Come up here, sweetheart. You need to take your rightful seat. Come on, queen of the house. Don't make me look bad in front of all these people. You're not going to do it? Okay, all right. That's a secret to success in marriage. Um, it, our propane ran out at our house like two days ago, and so we had to wait for them to put us in the rotation because it seemed like everybody else ran out according to them. And uh, so she had to wait for the propane guy to get to the house. So that's why she was running late tonight. Anyway, but we've got gas again. While he, that's why I'm moving, that's why I'm moving on. While he was saying this, now watch this. Okay, anyway, like the first time, I, now I don't want to talk about this girlfriend in front of my wife, but anyway, I can remember the first time like, like holding hands in the movie theater and just thinking, God, I hope this movie lasts all night long. <laughs> you know, I don't know about you, when you were teenagers, 
teenagers don't really, they're not really connected to much reality for a while, you know? Um, and so, so, like, you say things, like, be on the phone, I, just, I don't want this conversation to end. No, you say bye. No, you say bye. No, you say, you just don't ever want it to end, right? But it has to. Everything has to come to an end because the clock keeps ticking. And I thank God it did because God gave me something much more wonderful than all that. But this is, so I get Peter. I get why, why he's saying this. Let's just park right here. This is the ultimate, Jesus. But there's work to do. There's work to do in the valley. Mountaintop experiences are wonderful, no doubt. But see, if you're not careful, if you're not careful when you have those awesome experiences, then you'll find yourself chasing after those experiences rather than chasing after the glory rather than the glorious one. And just living for mountaintop moments in the spirit, now there's, well, there's much to do in this world, a work to do. As I said, they're wonderful, but they're not everything. Because there's a message that we have to preach. And I want to talk about that message tonight because that message is the glory of God. Don't ever underestimate the glory that abides in you already. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Come on, ask them next to you. Are you awake? Are you awake? 2 Corinthians 3.17, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Verse 18, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. What is that saying? It's saying that you reflect or you show the glory of God. Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. See, you are His glory. Are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Now, I don't know. what your interpretation of this from glory to glory is. But I just want to give you kind of a sensible interpretation, if I can. Now, if you think it's talking about different levels of glory in your life, have at it. I don't have any major theological stance on this, but I do know that there is an ultimate day of glory for us. And the Scripture says that this body will be glorified. All right? Praise God, just as by the Spirit of the Lord, as we are being transformed into the same image. Right now, we are being transformed, even though we are transformed and were transformed, yet we will yet be <laughs> transformed. All right? This all has to do with our spirit, our soul, and our body, and we're, we're from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So you're moving from glory to glory. That's good news. You're heading to glory, from glory to glory. Your start was in glory in Him, and your end is in glory in Him. Next verse, chapter 4, verse 1. Now, I want to, uh, wait, back up for just a moment. Go back to that verse. Uh, I meant to say something else. Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. Now, when you have that Bible, everybody have, anybody have a Bible on them? You have a Bible on you? Yeah, you've got one, Aaron. Aaron, when you look into that word, what you find there is who you really are, Right? So when you read about Him and who you are in Him, that's looking in a mirror. And sometimes you think, 
That's not necessarily my reflection. <laughs> hmm? But it is. But it is. And when you believe that, that that is who you really are, and you are made up of more than what you see, then you give greater entrance to the reality of that glory in your life. It's a powerful thought. Next verse, okay, chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. Verse 2, I'm going to read for a little bit. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Verse 4, whose minds the God of this age has blinded. The God of this age being the devil, has blinded who do not believe. All right, you see what unbelief does? Unbelief is blindness. Lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. Did you see that? The light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. It's the gospel of glory who is the image of God, should shine on them. How's that, how is that gospel going to shine on those that are blind? How's it going to shine on them? Yes, but how can they believe if they don't hear? And how are they going to hear if there's not a preacher? The light of the, <laughs> Jesus, good answer. The light of the gospel of the glory of Christ is shown in a message. And it needs to fall on ears from a preacher. And I'm not talking about people on staff at church. I'm talking about every believer. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves, your bondservants, for Jesus' sake. In other words, he's saying, we are bound to show Jesus to you. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Wow, to give, i got to say that part again. Go back to 6. Uh, uh, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God, the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. In other words, what he's saying is, you won't know the glory of God if you don't know Jesus. Because it's all in this man, in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure. What treasure is that? Yes, the gospel, Jesus, the spirit, the glory of God. Where is it? In earthen vessels. Hmm, take a look at that. It's right in here. Hmm? It's right in here. That the excellence of the power may be of God not of us. The excellence of the power may be of God. So we realize there ain't no way we could get that treasure in this earthen vessel through earthen vessel means and strength and effort. But he put this treasure in earthen vessels. Wow. In 1969, we went to the moon. Who was alive during that time if you want to admit it tonight? Okay. I was negative too, so... Went to the moon. We beat the Russians. They beat us to space, but we beat them to the moon. 
And some of the pictures that they took up there, you ever looked at those pictures that they took? Like when they got there and they started snapping pictures of it, and, you know, if you would go to NASA's website or something, you look at you're like, well, that's not very pretty. It's just this big old round rock with craters in it and dust. That's pretty much it. That's it. When you look at the moon from here, wow, it's a whole different experience, isn't it? I love watching the full moon rise. You know, when it's that red, orange color and big in the sky. I always love hunting when there's a full moon because I can save my battery, so my flashlight. Walking to the blind early in the morning before anything's awake. I used to, this one particular place used to, it used to be about a mile walk in the dark, and I used to love when this full moon, just walking in the moonlight. It's beautiful. I mean, it's, and you don't see that moon, though, unless it's in the sun. It's the only way we can see it. And it's reflecting the glory of the sun. Up close and personal, <laughs> not all that impressive. You know, up close and personal, Sometimes uh, we can be less than impressed with one another. <laughs> but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And when we're reflecting Him, something spectacular happens. The book of Psalms 34 verse 5 says, They looked to Him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. Wow. See, when you are in the light of the Son of the living God, He makes you radiant. Jesus is the reason that there is no condemnation. You thought I was going to say Jesus is the reason for the season, didn't you? Jesus is the reason that there is no condemnation. He's the reason. See, an encounter with Him will leave you unashamed. It will leave you without the feelings of guilt and condemnation. Thank God. Instead, you'll be left radiant. Radiant with His love, radiant with His grace, radiant with His glory. Because He came to seek and to save us who were lost. Jesus said, I did not come to the world to condemn the world. I came that the world through me might be saved. Thank God. You, this earthen vessel, you hold a treasure inside of you called the light of the gospel. When you keep your eyes on Jesus... That's when the world then can see him as well. Matthew 5, 16 says, Let your light so shine before who? Men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I think that's so cool. Yeah, we have something to say, but they also have something they need to see. Right? They need to see us acting like him. They need to hear us talking like him. Amen. Truly reflecting the radiance of His glory. And what's interesting, it says, they will glorify your Father in heaven. Isn't that interesting that the world will make the connection to the Father when you reflect the Son? Acts 4.13 says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they they marveled and they realized they'd been with Jesus. You see how awesome this is? The only schooling you need is just some time in His presence. All right, these guys were fishermen. And the way they would talk, the authority that they would carry, they hadn't been to some Bible college. They didn't have formal training. They had just been with Jesus. 
And that's the only thing they could surmise. They're like, these guys are uneducated. These are unlearned men, and yet they're acting just like him. We see miracles at their hands. We hear the way they talk like they know God. And the religious world said, they're turning the world upside down. Yeah, their world. They're actually turning the world right side up. So you have this, you have something that the world cannot teach you. You can't learn this at a university. As much as I love Christ for the Nations Institute, that's not where you get it. There's no job where you can train for this. You simply just let Jesus live through you. Anybody can do that. And the scripture says the Holy Spirit is the one who guides you into all truth. John said it like this, that we have an anointing that teaches us all things. Do you see how well-resourced you are as a child of the living God? What all is in that treasure that is in you? Everything that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him. Oh, you and I have by the Spirit the knowledge of God. We wouldn't know anything about the Lord except by revelation that comes from the Spirit. I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. With the knowledge of God comes the power of God. With the knowledge of God comes the power of God. Jesus said you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. You can hear truth all day long and totally ignore it and never know what the power is that comes from knowing that truth. But when you know it, when it becomes a revelation to you, that's when things change. That's when the chains break off of your life. Amen. That's when the hopelessness goes away, the despair, the same old, same old trouble, the same old hitting, the same old wall. Amen. No, there's breakthrough. On February the 15th, 1921, I won't ask who was alive then. If you were, God bless you. New York City, in the operating room of the Kane Summit Hospital, the Kane Summit, K-A-N-E. The doctor was performing an appendectomy. And um, in many ways, the events leading to that surgery were uneventful. Um, the patient had complained of severe uh, abdominal, abdominal, I always say, want to say abominable, <laughs> abdominal pain. <laughs> and the, the diagnosis was clear. It was an inflamed appendix. So Dr. Evan O'Neill Kane and he is performing the surgery. He's been 37 years at this point in his medical career and performed nearly 4,000 appendectomies. Wow. So this surgery is going to be uneventful like the other ones, except for two facts about this surgery. And the first was the kind of operation that he would perform because uh, the, the use of local anesthesia uh, in major surgery, that's what he wanted to do, was just, you know, that means he didn't knock you out. He's just going to put a shot basically where the incision is and the patient would be awake. Uh, yeah. How many of you are all about that? Yeah. Mm -mm -mm. No. But he was a crusader against the hazards of general uh, anesthesia and, and he contended that a local application was far safer. Uh, but, and, and many of his colleagues, they agreed with him in principle, but he just couldn't seem to find a volunteer <laughs> for the procedure. Um, and, but then, as he searched for a volunteer, uh, finally he came across one who was willing to do the procedure with just an, a local anesthetic. And um, 
And that happened on Tuesday morning, February 15th, 1921. And so the patient was prepped and wheeled into the waiting room, or the operating room, I should say, and uh, the local anesthetic was applied. And as he had done thousands of times, Dr. Kane dissected the uh, superficial tissues and located the appendix, and he skillfully excised it and concluded the surgery. And during the procedure, the patient complained of just only minor discomfort. So the volunteer was taken into post-op. Two days later, was released from the hospital totally fine. And Dr. Kane had proven his theory. And uh, so thanks to the willingness of a brave volunteer who uh, stepped up, Kane demonstrated that that local anesthesia was a viable and even preferable um, alternative. But there were two facts to this story that made it different. One was the fact that the local anesthetic was administered and number two was the patient, because the patient was none other than Dr. Kane himself. He performed his own appendectomy on himself. Doctor, the doctor became a patient, but as a result, he won the trust and confidence of many other patients later on. So you have the ability to be who you are and to do what you do because Christ came and showed you and I how to do it. Amen. He came and lived the life. Amen. He didn't just tell you it could be done. He became a man and lived it. Because God tried that already. He tried already giving the orders. That didn't work. Most of them were don't do, don't do, don't do. And men were so confident that they could do or could not do and found that they were failing miserably. And while their sin and their failure was glaring hard at them, they realized, and what God already knew, that you cannot be made righteous from the outside in. Amen. So, turn to Hebrews for just a moment. Watch this. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. It says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Oh, this is so good. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. You see this? We have somebody who understands us. Yes. The fact that he became a man. And look at this. And was in all points tempted as we are. The very same temptations that you have, Jesus had them too. But it says, yet without sin. See, if Jesus did not have the ability to sin, this wouldn't even have to say yet without sin. But it says yet without sin because he could have sinned. If he wanted to, he could have chosen any day of his life to sin. But he chose not to. Even though he was tempted just like all of us. At the, in all points, this says. Yet he chose not to sin. That's where the hope in this verse is. That's where the miracle is found. That's where you and I understand that because he did, you and I all have the ability to live a holy life, to live a life well-pleasing to God. Come on, give me some better amens than that. Amen. It's because I said holy don't mean you go quiet. Amen. Woo, man, the very fact that God became a man gives us all reason to trust in him, that he would forever be changed. You know, he is still a man. He came to this earth as a man. He ascended into heaven as a man. And Timothy says it like this. There is one God and there is one mediator between God and man. The man, Christ Jesus. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. I love that. 
And as long as Jesus Christ is a man, we all have security in our relationship with God. How long do you think you'll be a man? Then your security is complete. He became a man, and by doing so, he gave us all then the ability to be like him. He changed the world. He's still changing the world. And he's changing the world through those who look like him. Come on, tell your neighbor, that's you. Ask him, are you awake? Are you awake? You can't live the life of the believer without the knowledge of him. You'll never be able to reach the world through your own religious efforts. The gospel is the power and the glory of God. It is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. And you know what? The truth is you're never going to have the ability to live right until you know that you are right. You've got to know who you are first so that you can know what to do. You've got to know that God made you the righteousness of God in Him. That your Christianity is so much more than good, good deeds. Good deeds are just byproduct. They're the fruit of who you are. Amen. Jesus said, make the, true, the tree good, the fruit's going to be good. Amen. And he made your tree good. Hallelujah. He got right down to the issue with the, the sin issue. Our actions of sin were not the issue. They were the symptoms of a greater problem. It was our condition that was so screwed up. Amen. But he became sin. The condition, and we became the righteousness of God in Him. Aren't you grateful to God for that? So then how shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent, as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Since you're awake in the gospel, now you go wake others up. You're going to have opportunities during Christmas to be around some of those loved ones that are in darkness. Hmm? Amen. You just let your light shine. Just let your light shine. Always err on the side of grace. Always err on the side of love and forgiveness. Hmm? Some people are just going to be difficult to get along with no matter what you do. You just continue to be who you are. Continue to, to love anyway. Amen? Amen? The scripture says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. And knowing not, not every day is a mountaintop experience with God, but yet you have that power in you every day. Remember, you house the glory of the living God every day of your life. And I just have a feeling the more you are aware of it, the more you'll experience it. The more you're fully awake to it, the more you'll see it. Amen? Praise God. I hope this has encouraged you tonight. I want to just pray for a moment. Father, thank you for this treasure that we have in these earthen vessels. Thank you that it's not by might, it's not by power that that has happened, but it is by your precious spirit that you have come and taken up residence on the inside of us. And that same spirit that raised our Lord Jesus from the dead dwells in us. And with him there, oh God, we have access to every good thing of God. We have access to all the power we need, all the help, the joy, the peace, the strength, the 
the insight, the knowledge, the wisdom. We have it all right there. And so we thank you for that. Help us, Lord, to stay awake, to not come he- become heavy with slumber, and to sleepwalk through this life. But, Father God, to realize, no, we're the ones who are awake. We've been awakened to righteousness. And, Lord, that we will be faithful to sound that alarm of the gospel, to wake those others who are out there blinded, who are out there asleep, Thank you, Lord, for this great good news that has come to us that Jesus Christ died for our sins and He was buried and He rose again the third day. Thank you for that glorious, glorious gospel that has the power to save all those who will believe it. Thank you that it saved us. Won't you just thank Him right now that you're saved tonight? Thank Him that you're filled with the Spirit. Thank Him right now that He loves you and His love came and found you. You were never out of His reach. You never are, never will be. That He came and loved you and you heard that good news. All you had to do was believe on Him. Just stop trying to be good and just be good in Him. Amen. Christianity is not a, about a behavior modification. No, no, no. We were dead. You can't behave very well when you're dead. You just can't behave. No. He made us alive who were dead. Amen. Praise God. And He seated us in heavenly places with Him. And He's blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. We thank you. And Lord, help us. Lord, we want to see the glory of God in our lives. We want to see the glory of God. Manifestations of your glory. Lord, there are so many things that you have yet to show us, yet for us to experience. Lord, help us to stay awake. To be aware. To be watchful, Lord. Thank you, Father. I'm asking, Lord, for these here tonight, Lord, you know what they have need of before they even ask. But you said if you'll ask, you'll receive. What is it that you need tonight? Just voice it to him right now. Just say it to him. What is it? Whatever your need is, ask, you will receive. Seek, you'll find. Knock, the door will be open. He's here tonight to hear your requests and to grant you those requests. And when you do it, thank him for it. Because we don't ask like it's some kind of gamble. We're not rolling the dice. No, we ask knowing that and confident that He hears us when we pray. Amen. And we thank Him ahead of time because we believe it's done. We believe it's done because our Father loves us. Thank you, Lord, for meeting these needs tonight, for healing. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you for provision. Thank you, Lord, for restoring, renewing in Jesus' mighty name. Praise your name, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Spirit of God. Thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Okay, okay. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Uh, I saw an egg crack open. And, uh, what the Lord's saying that some, somebody here, you've just been waiting, waiting for this thing, waiting for this hatching, <laughs> waiting for this new thing to manifest itself, this new life, this new, whatever, it, whatever that is. And I saw the egg crack tonight. And the Lord says, don't lose hope. Don't grow weary. 
Don't grow weary. He's promised it to you. It's yours. It's yours. Hold fast your confession of hope. Don't waver now. Hmm? You're right there. You're right there. Don't lose hope. Believe tonight. Just thank Him for it. That's you tonight. You've been waiting. Just say, Amen. I received that tonight in Jesus' name. And I receive strength. And I receive the joy of the Lord right now. That is my strength. Amen. I believe what the Word says. As I wait upon Him, my strength will be renewed like the eagles. Amen. I will run and I will not grow weary. I will walk and not faint. Amen. I will mount up with wings like eagles tonight. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for that. Thank you for that in Jesus' mighty name. Woo. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.